0: The primary purpose of the Matter of a Mind experience is to educate, and it doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or health professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So... I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Mad Over Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer. And weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I'm coming to you with my last interview of January of 2023. Isn't time flying by? Time just flying by, right? We're already crushing it in the new year. And of course, your boy is going to have another fantastic guest for you. Nationally recognized expert in spinal disorders and pain management, my man, Mike Sinnell. And of course, We're going to have a hack of episode for you right and how does sleep relate to pain and inflammation and with that being said let's welcome mike to the show hey mike how you doing today
1: great thanks thanks for having me zico
0: thank you for being here my friend and tell my audience about yourself
1: yeah so you know grew up in new york became a medical doctor did my training in new york uh in my residency at Cornell New York Hospital in Manhattan and Sloan Kettering, and then uh headed out west to Los Angeles where I um thought I was going for just a year but fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, so I trained in physical medicine rehabilitation and, and pain management, and physical medicine rehab was sort of like the non surgical side of orthopedic medicine very holistic approach. Um, I I mean, it covers a lot of areas. I primarily went into musculoskeletal pain, specializing in spinal disorders. So wrote some books on back pain, wrote, wrote the back pain remedies for dummies books, and, uh, you know, and became an assistant professor in UCLA School of Medicine, ran a department at Cedars and spent a lot of time practicing clinical medicine. And Also got real into the mind-body connection and the role of uh, just the role of stress and emotions and, you know, how those things affect pain and health in general.
0: Ah, interesting. And you know what? After reviewing your work, I put formulated a few questions I really wanted to ask you, right? Because I know you're the expert in these things. You'd be like the perfect person to have these kind of discussions. And the first one I'm going to throw at you here, Mike, is uh, let's talk about NSAIDs, right? Because we pop them like Skittles these days, right? Yes. And But we don't talk about them enough. So what is the dark side of NSAIDs?
1: Yeah, it's a very big dark side that's getting more well-known over time. So they've always been known, like, like all pharmaceuticals, have uh, side effects. And NSAIDs, for your audience, are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That's NSAIDS, right? And, um, you know, basically the most common examples, I think, that everyone knows are ibuprofen, which is Motrin, ibuprofen, or Advil, and then uh, naproxen, or naproxen, or Aleve, are the other ones. So ibuprofen and naproxen are the two most common ones, and the brand names being, like, Advil and Aleve that everyone knows, a Motrin, and Advil, and a Leaf. So, yeah, so, you know, people take them, and, and they may not be a terrible thing for an acute, you get a headache or you have menstrual cramps, and you can take them. And for acute pain, they might work okay, but people can tend to take them consistently. And many people have gastrointestinal side effects. So that's by far the most common. They really upset the stomach to the point where people... Some just get nausea and vomiting and lots of gastrointestinal bloating, and others can get acid reflux and gastritis, and and sometimes that moves on to gastric ulcers, and people could get bleeding ulcers, and actually, there's a percentage of the population taking chronic anti-inflammatory medicines that get bleeding ulcers and die. You also get thinning of the blood there's also cardiac toxicity so they could affect the heart and they could affect the the kidneys and damage the kidneys so there are many many effects that a subset of the population will be prone to and they're basically like most pharmaceuticals you know you have to be aware that there's a real risk taking them so i would say anyone who Was taking them chronically, like to manage arthritis, should be looking for alternatives because it's likely that they're, you know, creating some underlying damage with chronic use of an anti inflammatory. There's been recent literature saying that they're also promoting chronic pain and inflammation. And that's really interesting in that the use of an anti inflammatory pain medicine could promote chronic pain. And that's happening through altering some of the the pain thresholds and just, yeah, really changing biochemical pathways.
0: And the research I've seen connected to this, a lot of of times tends to be connected to the health of your gut. Um, So, and then also we have, we talk about the vagus nerve and the gut-mind connection or the gut-brain connection, right? So that's, Dr. Stephen Gundry has been talking about this since I can't even remember how long now, when he's talking about when you take an NSAID, it's kind of like dropping a bomb right and just wiping everything out and once you destroy your gut fauna it never quite grows back the same right so the popping these things like skittles may not be the best thing for most of us for most of us to do now let's pivot a little bit more because we're talking let's talk about the opioid crisis a little bit because that's something Mm -hmm. that we've recently been dealing with and it's connected to over, it's it's taking too much of what we should be taking to the point where it leads to even um what's the word I'm looking for here uh addiction dep- sure. addiction and dependency <laughs> correct thank you very right, much right so let's talk about opioid crisis how do you view it
1: yeah I mean look I, I was at the beginning of when narcotics I tra- I trained at uh, slum Kettering and Russell Port I was like the father of creating opioids for pain management which at that point was really for cancer pain and kids with bone tumors. And I saw opioids make them able to walk. So there might've been a role for these, but what happened is our profession just started using this very loosely for pain. And they had a very, very high abuse potential. So people would go and have a surgery and, you know, be given some opioids to take home. And then like, all of a sudden they're like, wow, I want more and it feels good. And next thing you know, they're addicted. Totally unexpected. So a large part of the opioid crisis had to do with prescription medicines, initially well-intended, them being given way too freely and people getting addicted because that's what happens with opioids. The body builds up a tolerance. You keep needing more to get the pain threshold uh, as the threshold goes up you need more and more medication and then all of a sudden you're addicted and you know there's lots and lots of problems and this, this is the biggest crisis in healthcare in maybe the last 100 years we're we're losing over 100,000 people a year more than the Vietnam war every year to the opioid crisis and it's horrible and you know that's one of the reasons I got really passionate to bring these natural solutions out to pain and inflammation, because I was a pain doctor. I used opioids very sparingly in my practice, just like non very sparingly and always try to make it very short term if possible. But I was always looking for healthier alternatives for my patients, whether it's in their lifestyle, doing things like meditating, doing yoga. You know, doing certain physical therapy exercises, acupuncture, mind body techniques. But then, in terms of medications and ingestibles, I came across these natural medicines, which were in this medical foods category by the FDA, which are encapsulated products, but they're all natural and they have big science and human data showing that they could reduce chronic pain and inflammation. I started using them in many of my patients who were on anti-inflammatories, who were on opioids. And I was able to start getting many people responding to these perfect natural substances, which were amino acid formulations and botanicals, no side effects, no drug interactions, and um, you know, getting people better and off their meds or reducing the dosage. See, if you take a medicine like a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory like naproxen or Aleve, Many people are taking it chronically and the side effects could get very toxic on the body. If you were able to supplement it with something natural, that would let you reduce the dose. We have a study using Theramine, our product, and Naproxen showing we could reduce the Naproxen by 70% and get the same dose when you combined it with Theramine. If you reduce your Naproxen by 70%, you're like 98% reducing your side effect profile because it's all dose related. So I just am a real big advocate of do the thing with the least risk first for a patient, the biggest bang for the buck with the least risk. And that's clearly encapsulated medical foods when it comes to chronic pain inflammation. And these were prescription only when I was using them initially they were prescription, they were being reimbursed four hundred dollars a bottle by insurance for my patients, and I was teaching about these, using them in my clinics, and then ultimately uh the FDA said no longer prescription, only the original company was very set on getting Medicare approval, and that didn't happen because of the FDA recategorization, and I was committed to keeping these alive and bringing the price down so they could reach as much of humanity, which can benefit from them. And that's an enormous amount. So I acquired the company. I brought the price down like 90%, at least from, you know, over $400 a bottle to your listeners are going to pay like under $50 a bottle. And, uh, you know, yeah, my goal is to get these to as many people with the problems we treat naturally and balance the body as possible and we treat sleep and chronic pain and inflammation which often go hand in hand you know fatigue cognitive decline we have different encapsulated medical foods for many of the most common symptoms that people suffer from including an appetite suppressant for obesity uh a medical food for neuropathy the list goes on nine products
0: and just to let my audience know cuz you mentioned it already so you introduced it that my audience will get a discount. It's up to 20% off his uh his product. So you go check it out, check out the website. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes for you to uh so you can click on it and learn more about his work and get your 20% discount as well. Now let's talk about encapsulated medical foods, right? Because someone hears that and they're like, What the heck is that? So you introduced it. So yeah. give us a- For the layman out here like myself, give us an explanation of what what would that actually
1: be? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I first heard about him, I was practicing medicine for 15 years time. And I'm like, I never heard of him. I thought it was some green drink or, you know, powder or, you know, I figured foods. Right. And it turns out, um, I think the best way to explain it is everyone knows what pharmaceuticals are they're either prescription or they're over-the-counter in the pharmacy, right? So we all know pharma, and then we also all know supplements. So there's supplements and there's pharmaceuticals, and these are in between. So pharmaceuticals, you need FDA approval, and you have to go through human clinical trials, and, you know, they have lots and lots of side effects, and they're new chemical entities, and they require prescriptions or they're over-the-counter, right? Um And they're regulated for their manufacturing, which is a big deal about pharmaceuticals. They have top quality CGMP manufacturing. That's certified good manufacturing. Supplements, on the extreme other hand, do not require CGMP manufacturing. So you could literally make them in your basement, put them out there. It's not regulated by the FDA for the manufacturing. There's been studies on supplements. There was an article in Time Magazine Quite a number of years ago, they pulled like a hundred random brands of supplements off the shelf and found something like seventy percent of them didn't didn't have what the label claimed they had in them, that's because the manufacturing is not limited and regulated by the regulated by the FDA as certified good manufacturing so medical foods do have certified good manufacturing that's it. they are regulated by the FDA. They have a big science threshold in that they're meeting a nutrient deficiency in a disease that cannot be met through a normal diet. So that's sort of the big thing that, you know, we eat eat foods and we produce proteins and different uh, chemical reactions in our bodies. So our body's metabolism is optimized, right? But sometimes we're not getting enough. And in in a number of disease states, it turns out, if you take chronic pain or inflammation or chronic insomnia, sleep difficulties, it turns out that there's an increased metabolic demand on the cells because of the disease. So it's like if you think of a car, when it's driving 55 miles an hour on the highway, it's sort of optimized, right? If it starts running up a steep hill, it requires more energy and more gas. Or my Tesla, right? If I'm going up a steep hill, the electricity need goes way higher than normal, right? So same in the body. When the body's under a stress of a disease like chronic pain and inflammation or sleep deficiency, there's an increased metabolic demand. And it turns out the body uh, has a relative deficiency of neurotransmitters because of the disease state. The neurotransmitters are the signaling mechanism. They're these chemicals in the nervous system that tell cells what to do and how to perform. So when we get a deficiency of neurotransmitters at a cellular level, um, the body's not optimized. What we do with our medical foods is we provide amino acids to produce the neurotransmitters with a patented amino acid technology and certain botanicals, and we produce the neurotransmitters that are depleted in the disease state. So we we balance the nutrition at the cellular level, letting the body optimally heal naturally. Because the body's a natural, great healing machine. I mean, if you take a knife to your forearm and stare at it after a cut, it's going to heal up and scar. So the body heals. We try to optimize the body nutritionally with targeted nutrition to allow it to heal naturally by providing amino acid precursors with a patented technology and botanicals to produce neurotransmitters to optimize natural healing. Sorry, I, I know that was a mouthful.
0: No worries, but I got to actually have a couple good questions on that because we're talking about amino acids now. So for one, how did you, where, where when did you decide to use amino acids? And two is, are, is the, your formulation of amino's different per, let's say, disease that you're dealing with?
1: Yes. So um, again, this company, although I just acquired it in the past year, so I say it's my 15-year-old startup because it was a prescription-only pharmaceutical company. And the science was done before I came along. And the scientists, the brilliant science behind it showed that these neurotransmitters are deficient. And the scientists knew, well, we as humans make neurotransmitters through amino acids. That's just the chemical process. So he went with a whole amino acid technology. And yes, they're different for every disease state and different product. There's overlap, but the amino acid formulations, quantities, and botanicals are all put into this patented technology to produce specific neurotransmitters for different disease states, depending on what we're talking about. The only other thing I want to say about medical foods is they require physician supervision. So they're no longer prescription only. But if, you have, if you're being treated by a doctor with chronic pain and inflammation or sleep disorders or obesity and you're on meds, your doctor should supervise your medical food. So if you're going to be weaned off uh, some of the medications you're on, and decreasing them, you want your doctor. Uh, you don't want to just stop your normal medications and stop medical foods, right? So, and I'm glad to always talk to any doctors. Like they can reach me, Doctor Mike at medicalfoods.com, and I'll I'll help explain to them how to how to take medications down. It's quite simple, really.
0: I see. So as you increase these neurotransmitters, essentially, you can start to take medicine your your actual medication down under proper supervision.
1: Yes. Love it,
0: love it, love it. Yeah. Love it, I love it. That's absolutely love it. Now let's talk about, and we've talked about a lot already and we've gotten into encapsulated foods and so on and so forth. What are some other safe and effective new approaches to chronic pain?
1: Yeah, so um, besides safe and encapsulated medical foods, so listen, things like uh, mindfulness meditation as an example, meditation in general, can do some significant uh, make some inroads to pain because, you know, chronic pain. A lot of what's going on, as much as it's real, it's being processed in the brain in our central nervous system, and you know, you can modulate the pain signals coming up to your brain through many mental techniques: distraction, hypnosis, meditation. I've always recommended yoga for my patients, acupuncture. Um, there's also a lot of not modulation techniques. There's light and sound and vibration. You could go on certain machines and get put in an altered state. You could use breath work. So anything that could change your state, guided visualizations, these are all tools in chronic pain. Also, obviously, physical therapy, certain exercises, depending on what you're doing. Um, but your mindset is critical. My friend Joe Spence is doing a lot of work on the mind-body connection and bringing people to meditative states in in large workshops that I've attended and have people really switching in their pain. And then my my original mentor, John Sarno, he he, he basically coined a lot of the initial work on stress-related back pain. And I followed through a lot of that work. And it basically was telling people that chronic pain, especially chronic neck and back pain, can be due to underlying emotions. A lot of emotional pain will hide itself into the body. So Peter Levine's work, which is uh, somatic experiencing, John Sano's work on the mind-body connection, these are all techniques which address how trauma and emotions lock themselves in the body and continue to work to promote chronic pain. So you often have to get at some of the root causes psychologically.
0: Ah, uh, So some of the root causes psychological. it's not always just physiological, which is, I've heard that before and um, I've never experienced it myself necessarily, but I have heard it before. I've heard a lot of experts talk about it and the work that they've uh-huh. done with their patients as well. That's helped them through it. So I definitely 100% agree with you. And thank you so much for sharing that. I would, yeah, that
1: means- I mean, I'll just say one thing, sorry. Like everyone understands the mind-body connection themselves because like if we hear a fire alarm, we know our heart rate's gonna go up, right? Or if, you know, so like everyone knows. So it's, that's one way to think of it is psychophysiological. So psyche meaning our mind, right? Physiological in our body. And we all, we all see those connections when we're under stress, We feel our breathing goes up and our heart rate goes up, right? When we relax greatly, we feel those things slow down, right? So we all know the obvious physiology and like our breath and our pulse, right? But that's just uh, a superficial view of what's going on at the cellular level. So if stress could cause illness, then positive things, which are the opposite of stress, like love and community and purpose, and a relaxed mind can cause wellness and promote a biological reset to heal you know, any disease almost.
0: There's research on um places in corners in the world where people smoke, you know, they, they drink their gin. They I'm not yeah. promoting this at all, everyone. I'm not yes. promoting this that you know that. But they live to be over a hundred years old. And they're like the blue and, zones. Right. Yeah. Blue zones in certain and not just blue zones, but certain other places in the world. And we, they wouldn't know a biohack if it hit them in the face. Right. Never heard of a biohack or anything like that, right? But yet they live that long. And you know what they have? Community. right? Love. Those, are th- those positive emotions that we're talking about, those things that put um, the place in the world, like Japan, where they actually have, where they have um, employment agencies that hire people post-retirement so they have a purpose in life those things are things that we ignore in the quote-unquote you know i guess you want to call it modern world or whatever you want to call it but yet those things are extremely vital you know so think about how many people have passed away because they feel like they have no purpose anymore Mm -hmm. well to me
1: that's number one i mean yeah i watched my dad frankly in that scenario he just after he retired he went downhill and he really wasn't connected to purpose and community. And uh, I think far and away the most important thing as you hit on here, and why people could not necessarily not be smoking and drinking, not that we advocated, but could still live longer is far and away things like love, purpose, community, stress reduction. Those are the biggest things because that I think is the biggest cause of disease, loneliness, you know, lack of purpose, isolation, depression. So I'm I'm fully in support of that.
0: Thank you, my friend. And with that being said, we're coming up to the Hack of the episode, everyone. The question that I introduced in the beginning, and now Dr. Mike is going to lay it on us. So let's talk about sleep, because that's like my favorite, favorite topic. I have an article on it. It's on it's on my website, com. It's read by thousands of people. A lot of people have commented, tell me how much it's changed their lives. So sleep, to me, is extremely important in health and longevity. So let's sure. talk about the connection between sleep and pain and inflammation. How how are they connected?
1: Okay, so it, it goes right. in both directions, right? So if you're sleep is critical for the body to rejuvenate and regenerate, right? Like that's one of the natural cycles that we have. Is that we sleep like we, when we're awake, we're, we're using lots of energy. And when we're at sleep, we're at rest. And hopefully that energy, instead of being used to, you know, do our activities of daily living and exercise and thought is used to rejuvenate the body at a cellular level. So sleep is super, super critical for cell repair, rejuvenation, or regeneration. So when we're not getting sleep, we're obviously, when we're not getting good restful sleep and the right cycles of sleep, we're way more prone to disease. So the other side as well is if you have things like chronic pain and inflammation, you're probably not able to sleep well and you're getting bad sleep. So, and that that becomes a vicious cycle. So you've got chronic pain, you're not sleeping well because of the pain. And then the sleep, makes the pain worse because your nervous system is all out of balance and again a lot of this comes down to the nervous systems and it's why I'm so excited medical foods which we have for sleep too are working through the nervous system and neurotransmitters but sleep and chronic pain go really hand in hand as do sleep sleep disorders and obesity you know and it's often The cause effect often goes in both directions and becomes a vicious cycle. The pain and the disability cause the sleep, cause depression, cause anxiety. That makes you sleep worse. And all of this circles around to your autonomic nervous system being out of balance. So that's the sympathetic and parasympathetic, better known as the flight fright is the sympathetic nervous system, and the relaxation response is the parasympathetic. And they're supposed to be in a nice balance, but in our society, most people have a dysregulation of their autonomic nervous system. And that is very much the stress and information and technology that we have often puts us in way more of a stress response than we need to. So our autonomic system is dysregulated and the the cells are not working in an optimal state. And that's partly why things like meditation and sleep are so critical to get the cells rested and balanced to rejuvenate.
0: So what specifically happens during sleep that helps to balance or ANS?
1: So, well, you're actually getting, um, so the, you, you get more, parasympathetic than sympathetic like you you act you know the sleep is actually just a shift of your nervous system right things are slowing down right so within that your nervous system is balanced into that more repair mode and you know there there are there are phases of sleep like rapid eye movement that you know you may get some autonomics where you're having activation During your sleep phase, because that's happening in the brain and we can measure the different brain states. But when you're in deep sleep and restful sleep, um, your body's geared more towards parasympathetic. And, uh, you know, we have these circadian rhythms and daylight is also important, like optimally you should get your sleep cycles working with the circadians and the rhythms of the earth whereby like hopefully you're not on a night shift you get to wake up in the morning and it's you could get out and be in the sun and walk in the sunlight in the morning is a great simple life hack that hopefully most people have access to outdoors walking sunlight
0: love it so let's talk about then encapsulated medical foods to go back to what we're talking about earlier right so in a situation where you're trying to get someone off their medication, so let's say for their particular, particular situation, they're taking the right um, encapsulated medical foods. Do you also teach a doctor the habits that they need to have in co- in combination to those foods to get them off their, their pain
1: meds? Sure. So again, if you think of it, these are encapsulated products. Think of it like a supplement, except it has big science and can make claims and as human trials. Our our sleep product Centropm was studied against trazodone, which is one of the most widely prescribed sleep medicines in the world. It's a pharmaceutical with lots of side effects. So we found that with a natural set of amino acids and botanicals in Centra PM and in gabadone, our two sleep, our two sleep medical foods that we could treat sleep nutritionally with these amino acid formulations and balance it. And I had been able to get many people down on their prescription medications for sleep or even off them. Same thing with pain. Our pain product, Theramine, was studied against ibuprofen and naproxen, two of the most commonly used pharmaceuticals, non And we showed that we could reduce pain and reduce inflammatory markers and when used in combination with the anti-inflammatory, greatly reduced the dose with no side effects. So, yeah, we try to we try to get people on the medical foods and then have them slowly try to decrease any either over the counter or prescription pharmaceuticals under the supervision of their doctor, which just means cutting it down a little bit as you're feeling better.
0: Right. And I love the fact that you mentioned it earlier, your encapsulated medical foods how they are targeted based on what the actual goal is. You know, the disease, the state of disease, if you need to improve your sleep, so on and so forth. So there's a lot that you offer there. And again, just to remind everyone, in the show notes, you'll be able to click on the link and get 20% off their products. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, The show notes are gonna be zikahealth.com slash targeted pain, so make it nice and easy. And of course, the show notes will be in the description of the episode. And before we get out of here for the day, Dr. Mike, do you have anything else that you want to talk to my clients, my audience about, or that know how they can get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm Dr. Mike at medicalfoods.com. And medicalfoods.com, our website is just very deep on our science and research. I hope to help change the world with, with bringing these natural solutions to balance the body and help people heal naturally through neurotransmitter. Amino acid science. And uh, I always tell people lifestyle is the number one most important thing. So keeping your stress level down with whatever your techniques may be watching sunsets, meditating, doing yoga, doing breath work. um, Stay active with your exercise, keep moving, and try to eat well. And then uh, look into the encapsulated medical foods if you have any pain, inflammation, sleep deficits, obesity. Um, cognitive decline, fatigue. We have an enormous amount of these that you'll be hearing lots about at medicalfoods.com.
0: Love it. And you know what? I want to make an executive decision. I'm going to change the show notes. I'm going to say com slash medicalfoods. I, I love think it, it is you know Carrie, it just goes on so much better with a podcast right it does. and with yeah. that of course though the show notes will be in the description of the episodes you can click on it and learn more about his work and of course the links to uh to um the encapsulated medical foods as well and you can get a discount will all be there and dr mike thank you so much for being here and we're signing off for today
1: thank you so much Jake.
0: thanks for joining the matter over Mind experience if you got good content out of this Or any of my shows. Save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic
1: route and enjoy the ride.